This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The question many Catholics have for ourselves today we are all faced with is what do we do in the face of authority that misuses its power, misuses its power grotesquely, uses it for its own ends, or uses it to impose ideas on others and impose ways of living on others that are completely at odds with the divine will of our Lord? That is the question Catholics face today. It's a question many people face also in 2024, as we are unfortunately about to be inundated with constant political messaging. And while this year I hope to avoid as much of the political stuff as I possibly can here, like I did in 2020, this stuff looms over everything and will be something that we have to ask ourselves about more and more often. What do we do in the face of authority that misuses its power? It's a question Archbishop Vigano answered in a long interview he gave that was then reprinted by Marco Tosati at his website. Marco Tosati is a Italian journalist who has some pretty good ties to the Vatican. He actually gets a lot of inside scoops about things going on there. And I do from time to time cite him when he has a big scoop. And he was one of the first to publish Archbishop Vigano's letters. Vigano gave this interview and has not appeared anywhere in the English-speaking world yet. So, of course, I had to go run it through a translator myself. And I'm not going to go over the whole thing. It's a pretty long-form interview. But he describes resisting authority that misuses its power as an act of heroism. When you think about that just for a moment here in the context of the priest I brought to you yesterday, who was excommunicated for calling Francis an anti-pope. Incidentally, I'll prob- I have uh, received a copy of the actual homily translated into English from somebody, and I'll have that for you tomorrow on this channel. So be watching for that. That's going to be um, an in- that's it's an interesting homily, to say the least, especially if you uh, are a fan of Dr. Maz's work. Now, uh, personally, I have some disagreements with the most of their theses there, though I do share many doubts about the validity of Francis. But again... Ultimately, I am of the mind that ecclesial authorities have to make the, that call, not laymen. But I'll never hold it against anybody who chooses to go there. That's their business. Discern as you wish. But good morning to everybody in the chat. Um, like I said before we started, Teresa, if you could email me a link, a, a copy of the Archbishop in question uh, in Perth, uh, his homily, and because uh, I'm gonna, I'm planning a follow up on that video that I did a few days ago or a couple weeks ago now about the situation in Perth. That's a big, big story. But let's get to Archbishop Figano here. So again, let us start here just with a quick glance at the website Marco Tassati runs, because you see he gave uh, Vigano, if you take quite a lot of space here, <laughs> but he um, he publishes pretty, he, he would, before Vigano had his own website, he was publishing Archbishop Vigano's speeches and letters and things. And that's why I have here just using a good old fashioned Google document or my, you know, Google drive document. So you can actually see the text and we'll even go a little bit bigger. And we'll just go over this. 
So what what Tosadi asks, to, not Tosadi, but what, what he's asked is essentially that France, it's about the claim Francis made about being the cause of schism in the church. It's come up a lot lately in light of fiducia supplicants, that old quote at the beginning when Francis said that he might be the cause of a schism in the Catholic church. It's a big deal. It's a big statement. And here we have Vigano kind of goes into that question. So he says, quote, the church is one and belongs only to Christ, who is its divine head of whom the Pope is vicar. Bergoglio has proven beyond all reasonable doubt that he acts as an emissary of the embedded church and to discredit the papacy and the Catholic church. And this is repugnant to the role assigned by Christ to St. Peter and his successors. All he has achieved in these 10 years is the execution of the subversive project organized by the English and American embedded rulers. I'm having to switch out a lot of words here. This is a particularly spicy homily of his or letter of his. As can be seen from certain leaked emails published online in a wiki for emails that get leaked. Exploiting the most vulnerable ecumenism, satanic, anti-human green issues, democratization of the church, various policies related to wellness, ideology of the flesh, the culture of canceling people, the ideology of uh, awakening. There is not a single point of the secular end of decade program that has not been found in Bergoglio, a very zealous executor. Even the last scandalous and abominable declaration fiducia supplicants that authorizes and imposes the blessing of cohabiting couples and James Martin pairings constitutes once more a point on the list of tasks assigned by the secular elite to the Argentine Jesuit, an accomplice of the St. Gallen group, and is so unprecedented that it has already sparked immediate protests, including the banning of its application by many dioceses and entire Episcopal conferences. As you can see, Fiducia Supplicans has already achieved one of its objectives, the indignation, arousing the indignation rather of Catholics, laymen and clerics, to push them to distance themselves from the St. Saint Martha sect. The other objective is to de facto legitimize a form of recognition of irregular pairings without immediately leading to the marriage of divorcees or James Martin types. Following the model of de facto couples or PACs, something that happened in Europe, the civil authorities approved 20 years ago in many nations. These parodies of holy matrimony and the reassuring statements of politicians should not have called into question the traditional understanding of the sacrament. Two decades later, we see how, the, how this activity were the penultimate step before reaching the evil parody of holy matrimony that exists in every country in the West now. And if Bergoglio moves today to do the same, even in the ecclesiastical sphere, it is because he knows and wants to achieve sacramental marriage also for the James Martin crowd. But what should not be escaped from this tactic, as cunning as it is devastating, is that while the moderates strive to remember that the prefect Tuco Fernandez reiterated that matrimony is only understood in the traditional Catholic sense, and that therefore, quote, there is no change of doctrine, it seems that they do not realize that in the meantime, the declaration Fiducia Supplicans imposes binding norms for all dioceses, because it does. And we know well that if a bishop dares to express any criticism of the satrap, the strident Vatican response is immediately unleashed with the depositions, deprivation of salary, discredit actions, and canonical sanctions. 
Imagine with what serenity one of the very fearful bishops who exist today would dare to challenge what by itself and other times would have been enough to lock the Argentine in a cell in Castel Sant'Angelo. Some may object that many bishops oppose the fiducia supplicans, which in itself is an excellent thing. But the mentality behind this and other Vatican documents is precisely the synodalization of the church, giving each Episcopal conference the possibility of making disciplinary and magisterial decisions as if they were schismatic national churches. Dioceses with good bishops can perhaps hope not only to apply Bergoglio's dictates until he removes them, and those with progressive bishops will unleash themselves on all fronts, going far beyond what the Vatican document hypocritically states. Dioceses in Germany have done this already. They have already announced that he wants to officially bless James Martin Couples as such. I would like to point out that if conservative bishops and priests recognize Bergoglio as a legitimate pope, but at the same time understand that all his actions deliber are deliberately divisive. On the other hand, the progressives do not recognize Bergoglio as a vicar of Christ, but as an exponent of their faction that, usurping the papacy, can now obtain the desired results. Bergoglio is his pope precisely because he has nothing in common with any pope who has preceded him, and the same Argentine Jesuit seized the papacy to use it against his own ends. It is the question of the vice of consent that I spoke of in my last interventions. It's pretty hot stuff there. The I'll get back to that in a moment. But um, what is Vigano saying? He's saying that essentially that he, it, this is an interesting comment in some light of some of the other things he said recently. About a month ago now, he addressed Dr. Maza's conference. And I read the speech there where he actually said it is not up to laymen or even most priests and bishops to say whether or not Francis is legitimate or not. Here he's saying something a little bit different. He's saying that you that if you go along with and accept him as the pontiff, you are complicit, essentially, in the undermining of the church. That is what he's essentially saying here, and that it is our duties as Catholics to defend the, sake, the faith, to resist everything that's going on, and even if it costs us to do so. Now, I know that's we've hear, heard that a lot from him. There's more to what he's saying, too, though. Remember, he actually did finally take action and started an organization of priests who had stood up for the truth so that they can get the support that they desperately need from the from a bishop so that they could continue to offer the sacraments to the faithful who are resisting by not having any part of the ape of the church as it is. Let's take a look at the chat here before we go on. Laura said the uh, issues of in Canada in 2021, Vigano was on their side for her. She'll never forget him for that, which is good. Yes, please, everybody hit the like button. If you have not yet, that would be really good. Um, but yes, I will be doing a follow-up very shortly to what's going on in Australia because things have developed there. Renee is new to the channel. Well, thank you for checking in with us. Seventy, I thank God that I still have my faculties to add together everything that is happening in Rome. James Martin's stuff, blessings, etc. Yeah, uh, we all wake up when we wake up. It's always it's it's blessing when we do when it happens. Let's get back to that letter though. Um, hold on. <laughs> yes, I need to learn how my hotkeys work. So he asks. So his interviewer then asks him the very basic question: What can be done? question you most of you ask because a lot of you want to know what can we do i often see people in the questions asking how can a pope be removed from office 
Well, Vigo doesn't go into that so much because the answer to that question is it's never been done. It just hasn't been done throughout the entire history of the church. And there is no mechanism for it formally. There are ideas that people have. There are hypotheses people have in perfect councils and all that stuff, but it's never been done. And you would absolutely get overt formal schism if one day Cardinal Burke and Cardinal Mueller stood up, called a council of cardinals together, and basically examined the question of if Francis was really Pope or not, based on whichever way you want to address that, whether it's the Munis Ministerium thing or the question of can a heretic be a Pope in the first place or whatever, hundred different ways you can ask that question. Any way they chose to do it would lead to schism, which is why you won't see it happen, especially since at least some observers think Francis doesn't have that much time left. The question, what can be done? To which Vigano says, he could go down in history as the one who divided the church, Bergoglio said in 2016. It seems to me that this fate is confirmed by an uninterrupted series of highly divisive actions and statements, which culminated last year with the open persecution of the good and the arrogant protection of corrupt and twisted characters. Bergoglio is in favor of conflict and schisms. The disintegrating action of the Argentine Jesuit is based on his capacity for intimidation, knowing very well that heretical clerics and prelates are aware of being able to move with maximum freedom, while those faithful to the magisterium fail to understand that disobeying Bergoglio not only does not question the papacy in the slightest, but in fact protects it. I'm going to pause here. Remember the priest that I told you about in Italy who was with lightning swiftness excommunicated for daring to question publicly the validity of Francis? Rupnik is still out there, still operating. Yeah, they're looking at the allegations against him, but you and I know what's going to happen with that. And let's continue. For this reason, the disobedience of the bad to the magisterium is all the more blatant the more they align themselves with the satrap, while the resistance of the good is decidedly incisive and ineffective. But the fiducia supplicant scandal had the merit, so to speak, of touching one of those values considered non-negotiable, that remain substantially intact under the two previous pontificates, ensuring that a significant part of the world's Catholic episcopate has become aware of the threat. That this Vatican document constitutes for the very survival of the church, the increasingly open opposition to this shame desired by Bergoglio and imposed by Fernandez, which he is now clumsily trying to resize, meaning he's trying to backtrack a little bit by telling people, trying to calm nerves among the African and European bishops. He says, is proof of Bergoglio's betrayal and the premise for putting an end to this disastrous pontificate. While we wait for this unworthy parody of the Catholic hierarchy to be replaced by holy bishops and holy priests, because what we need are saints, we can help those who are rediscovering the true priesthood and the true religious vocation, and who for that reason are persecuted and condemned to ostracism. In fact, Exerge Domine is not aimed at those who, like the members of the SSPX or other canonically independent institutes, are already in tradition, but at those who approach it with goodwill, coming from the difficult current ecclesial realities. I am referring to parish priests who discover the ancient mass, to monks who want to faithfully live the rule, to young Catholics who want to serve the Lord, but understand that they cannot be trained in Bergolian seminaries or convents. These vocations must be helped to rediscover the beauty of the Catholic faith and its liturgy, the heroism of holiness, and a path of recovery and reconstruction that requires patience, perseverance, discipline, and, necessarily, longer conversion times. The mission of Exerge Domine is also to revive, 
especially through preaching and apostolic action at Catholic consciousness devastated by decades of post-conciliar times. In the spiritual battle, we want to welcome and help with paternal charity those who want to fight for the Lord, but realize that they need to reacquaint themselves with the implements of prayer, penance, study, and interior life. Within the framework of this perspective, the Collegium Traditionis was also born, a traditional clerical training house that aims to prepare the priests of tomorrow with the help of the good priests of today. It is a project that requires a great financial commitment and will only be possible thanks to the donations of many generous people. I call on all Catholics to contribute to this initiative, the only one born in Italy and for Italy, the spiritual rebirth of our country, for the greater glory of God and the sanctification of souls, etc. Basically, here's the gist of what he's saying. If you want to restore, if you want to fight back, it, it's time to start supporting priests who've been canceled. It's time to start supporting the associations, various associations of independent priests out there. His organization is explicitly not for priests who are already formed in sacred tradition. This is what the SSPX are for. They take seminary and they take young men and guide them all the way through seminary to, uh, and ordain them as priests the way a Catholic priest would have been recognizably a priest 100, 100 years ago. Serge Domine is a different organization. It is for priests who are interested in essentially, if you'll pardon the expression, returning to tradition. And, or not just priests, but also religious orders and that kind of thing. It's time for people to start supporting those kinds of organizations. Now, he's making the pitch there for his own comp organization, which is expected. But there are other organizations out there, and it is time for people to start supporting them because there, there is going to be a time where you're going to see, as I've been kind of trying to make the point with this fiducia supplicans and a few other things, there's a media campaign now being run with that. They have said flat out that document authorizes the James Martin stuff in the church. That's what they have said. And I have a story for you that is coming in the coming days. That is just an example of that. That is absolutely going to be leading to the, the sort of the judicial nightmare that the Argentinian lawyers that I brought to you a couple days ago have pointed out. We already have evidence that that's beginning. So what alternative is there? The faith is the most important thing. The church will eventually emerge out of this Bergolian situation. Even if, as I suspect, when he's gone, Bergoglio 2.0 will show up. Maybe as a figure we are already familiar with, or perhaps like with how Bergoglio became Pope, we will get somebody that we don't know. Some figure will emerge on the, from the Logia and very few people will recognize. That, those are my expectations. But those are, that is Vigano's guidance on this. Support your independent priests. Support the traditional orders. And please, please, anybody who's telling you that these traditional priests, independent priests, they're all bad, these priests exist to preserve tradition. That's what they're for, to preserve the same faith that has always existed in a time when they're trying to change the faith. Now, obviously, you have to use some discernment. Sometimes priests get removed from ministry for good reasons. Ted McCarrick existed, remember. There are many spiritual children of Ted McCarrick out there. The kind of men that uh, St. Peter Damien would have had a field day with. They are out there. So use some discernment. But that's why these organizations exist and why they do need our support. Sergei Domine exists in the United States. So does the Coalition for Canceled Priests, Protect Our Priests. Um, Sergei Domine is in Italy. Don Minatella's organization is in Italy. There are others. 
as well as the SSPX and groups that are still canonically in good standing with Rome, but who knows how long that's going to last. Um, I mean, I think it was Tim Gordon who on his live stream, his predictions live stream for 2024 said he fully expects to see the other shoe drop on Traditionis Custodis this year, which would be in keeping with the theory that uh, Bergoglio knows he has little, he doesn't have that much time left. DH says, quick story, 2013, he was studying a pontifical college in Rome, heard about Benedict resigning, never heard about the lightning. How did the church ignore that? Never saw this coming. Well, you have to understand, a lot of the news that comes out of the Vatican comes through an organization called Vatican News. Vatican News is sort of like the BBC, or if NPR was more tightly reined in by the U.S. government. Think of, but it's the BBC or any similar kind of news organization that is directly tied to a national government. Which is why, like, I like to use Vatican News as a source. But you always have to remember, everything that, that comes out of that organization will be filtered through the Dicastery for Communications, which, by the way, is where James Martin is a consultant for, which is why he knew that that document was being released that day. He knew. And if anybody knew the intent of it, it would be him because he's a consultant for the Dicastery of Communications. But the reason we didn't hear much about the lightning strike is because the one organization that would have reported on it was not going to be because the, the uh, St. Gallen group has been in deep control of the Vatican internal structures for decades. Again, Benedict XVI reported that often his mail would be intercepted. People would write to him about bad things going on in the church in Europe and America, and he would never hear about it because the letters that he would get would be intercepted. It happened under John Paul II as well. And of course, sometimes those popes were somewhat complicit in it too, themselves. It's just as a sad fact. But you didn't hear about it because the media arms responsible for reporting it would not be interested in reporting that kind of thing. And they would might not have thought much of it. You saw the same way. Like It took YouTubers and bloggers to point out about that lightning strike in Buenos Aires at that basilica before news outlets started talking about it. Because a few did afterwards. Oh, let's see. Graham Taylor says, do these cardinals, Bergoglio, Martini, McCarrick at all ever believe in our Lord's Holy Church? I truly believe that they are true believers. They believe they are in a mission from God to change the church for whatever reason. They probably are, we'll call it temporal relativists, that the truth is relative to the age. They truly believe that God wants them to change the, the church to fit the to our better understandings of human dignity that you see in that in Lumen Gentium, that Vatican II document, the non the most nonsensical statement probably in all of the conciliar documents is this idea that in 1965 we had a better understanding of human development than or human uh, dignity than any other time in human history. It's nonsense, nonsense on its face, especially with what came immediately afterwards. But they're true believers. They truly believe that they do, that the church has been wrong about a whole bunch of things and that they are fulfilling the, the wishes of the spirit. <sighs> How has Archbishop Vigano not been Stricklanded? Uh, well, I mean, remember KW, he uh, he just quietly left the Vatican in 2018 and um, 
wrote that famous letter in 2018. Uh, a letter that I was the only one who recorded and put on YouTube and went from like a tiny obscure guy to on the trajectory where I'm in now because of that letter. So he, uh, he got a lot of attention for that, but he also said that he had to basically, you know, be careful about his movements and his locations after that. How's he not been Strickland? He, he, plus he's also 83. I mean, he's retired. He could t- I doubt he's even got a Vatican pension anymore, but Vigano comes from money. His family does have some resources, and th- which was of course used against him by the Bergolians. I see that Anthony from Avoiding Babylon is in the chat with us today. Good morning. Glad to see that you are feeling better. Wondered where you were in the chat. <laughs> you were one of the ones I'd seen early. Um, but yes, the live stream's a little earlier than usual today. Got some things to do this morning. And yes, even this early in the morning, there are things that I have to get done. Frankie says, I can't read the comment because of a term you use there. Well, I prefer the term embedded church. The, but it says Tim Gordon's latest interview. I'm, I'm going to probably listen to that on my during my errands this morning. The stronghold that the uh, sort of the evil alliance between the St. Gallen group in the church and the, their equivalent in the secular world has on it and explains so much of where we are. That's sort of the crux of the book Vatic, or of uh, the book um, Windswept House. That's what Malachi Martin's Windswept House is about. It's not about that demonic ritual at the beginning of the book, although that demonic ritual is very important throughout the novel. It's actually about that entire subject. It's a very it's a geo book on geopolitics, which is why a lot of people find it hard to read because it's not as much interesting as they thought it would be. I do thank Robert that you're correct that he says as if having evangelical family members as a convert to Catholicism wasn't enough. Ooh, Thanksgivings have got to be fun in your household. I walked right into the church at the height of it all. It really makes you a better Catholic. I do remember, um, like, you know, my my family aren't believers, but my uh, my wife's family are Protestants, so I understand what you're saying. Pope Paul VI in Cum Ex enjoins all Catholics to hold Francis and his predecessor since Vatican II as pagans and sorcerers. Oh, Paul IV. I was saying, Paul VI? What? <laughs> well, because uh, it's the authority of a church. The ecclesiastical authority is the only one who can make such declarations, Francis. And besides, as I said at the beginning of the stream, and I've said many times, I have very serious doubts about Francis's validity, but I can't make declarations. I can't. I need authority in the church to make the ruling. That's where I that's where I'm different from a lot of others. Any comment on Strickland supporting Morse Letizia? I don't know about what, what do you mean by uh, gross pictures he posted on Twitter. I'm, I'm, that's a first I've heard. He had supported Morris Letizia in the past, and then he later on, more recently, he said uh, he said something against Morris Letizia, which is sort of his way of uh, coming around on it. I know there are people who are against Bishop Strickland, think he's not the real thing. I don't think Bishop Strickland is a traditional bishop, but he has the faith. He loves our Lord. He loves the faith. He loves the church. And he has himself said that he's, you know, learning more about tradition. Cutting some slack, okay? All right. If there's any other comments in the chat, this is a good time for you to post them or any other questions because I will be wrapping this up shortly. Um, debater of everything says, imagine Peter excommunicating Paul for rebuking him. St. Peter was humble enough to reflect. Pray Pope Francis sees his error. We will see. Um. 
Creole asks, will Vigano provide the sacrament confirmation and holy orders? What do you mean? Um, I mean, he is ordaining priests. So holy orders, yeah. I mean, the, he seems to be ordaining priests. I don't know about confirmation. I don't know if he's actually holding like masses pub privately somewhere for people and doing that, but you hear things. And I don't repeat the th- repeat report on the things that I hear because they're just hearsay. But you hear things. And uh, holy orders, um, he's apparently ordained priests. What is Professor Martin, Martin's call? Uh, is that is his the resign, the please retire thing? There's an article that came out, uh, I think Crisis published it, saying what to do about Francis and basically people calling on him to retire. I mean, he's not going to. If Francis was going to step down because of issues like Benedict, like Benedict said the reason he was stepping down, it would have happened already. I mean, Francis is objectively in a physically worse state now than Benedict was in 2013. Um. If you read and understand Coombe, you don't need any authority to do so. I read and understood it, but I also understand that we live in a hierarchical church. Yes, we do need authority to make such declarations. All right. There are Colleen says that she knows people in Strickland's diocese in Tyler who are very holy Catholic families who reside there because of him. There are people who moved to Tyler so that he could be their bishop. Wonder One wonders what's going to happen to them. All right, folks, I'm going to wrap that up here. Unless there's, unless there are any further questions, we will be pulling, we'll be ending this now. The, um, a few things I, I kind of get the feeling news is going to break today. I don't know why. I just have that strange feeling that we're going to hear something else happen in the next day or so. But, um, if you're in Perth, Australia, and you have access to that archbishop's letter that he issued about father Rowe, please email me a link. It's, um, is in the, the drop-down box on YouTube, the addresses. Email me. Don't post a link to it in the comments. It won't work. I've got a few things about from uh, Perth that I need to go over. Um, I need to cover that here in the coming days. So if you've got the copy of that, uh, the letter, please email it to me. That will be greatly helpful. We need to shine some light on that story. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in today. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.